0: It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, brought to you by 90 Min, and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and on this edition, We've got actually quite a lot to talk about. I know I normally do a lunchtime show, didn't get around to doing that today due to work commitments, but I promise over the weekend, I'll make it up to you guys with an additional piece of content. So just the late show today or the early show, if you're listening via the audio, uh, big hello to every single one of you in the chat box. Hope you're all keeping well. Hope you're all good. Um, Looking forward to the weekend that is just around the corner and the end of what's been, quite frankly, a, a disappointing uh, Premier League season for us as Arsenal fans. I don't know about you guys, but I can't wait for it to just finish, for us to focus on the um, on the uh, European uh, Championships and enjoy it without the stresses of day-to-day Premier League football. We'll be doing coverage of the Euros right here on the channel as well I've got some brilliant people lined up to join me as we're going to be doing some review podcasts from the Euros but we're also going to be keeping you up to date with all the Arsenal stuff as well so we'll be doing one Arsenal show a day and one Euro show a day and keeping you across all the big news uh with regards to Arsenal and the transfer market and the million and one rumors that are going to emerge uh over um Uh, Over the course of the next couple of months, uh, but also we'll be keeping you across what happens in the European Championships as well. So, what are we going to be discussing today? Well, we're going to be discussing the reports that Arsenal have stepped up their interest in Norwich City's Emiliano Buendia. We're going to be discussing Nicolas Pepe following his brace uh, at Crystal Palace last night and. We're going to be discussing a couple of other bits and pieces, namely uh, Dennis Bergkamp's comments regarding Daniel Ek, as well as the news about the loan that Arsenal have just paid back, the £120 million government loan that they just took. It's been paid back, but not by KSE or not at least in the way you might think. So we're going to discuss all of that on the podcast. Don't forget, if you are watching us live, make sure you smash the like button. It is so, so helpful to the channel in terms of growth, in terms of getting eyes on the videos. Uh, It really, really does help. And of course, if you're listening via the audio platforms, uh, you can help us out by leaving a review. Those are always very much appreciated. Very powerful when people are searching for new podcasts on Apple Podcasts in particular, so please, if you haven't done that already and you are a regular audio listener, it will take literally two minutes of your time and I promise you, uh, I really, really appreciate it. Let's start off with the Emi Buendia stuff. That is the big story from today and we've known that Arsenal have had an interest in Emi Buendia actually for quite some time. We also know that Norwich are not going to allow Emi Buendia to go on the cheap and that has been kind of the big issue here with regards to Arsenal and their interest in Buendia. We know that that interest has been there for quite some time. We know that the interest is genuine. We know that Arsenal are admirers of the Argentine. So why hasn't a deal been done? Well, a deal hasn't been done because Norwich City want around about £40 million pounds for the player. And, I, you know, as John says in the chat, he, I wasn't massively keen on Buendia Uh, when it came to the January transfer window, and I'll tell you why I wasn't massively keen. First of all, the price seemed excessive to me, still seems excessive, but also we're talking about a player who has been fantastic in the championship, but we know that there is a big step up from the championship to the Premier League. Emi Buendia, in terms of his Premier League credentials, isn't quite on the level that you'd like because he's been in the Premier League before. And I think if I'm not mistaken, he only scored one goal that season. So, you know, you've got to take that into consideration. You've got to take into consideration the step up um, and and with all the step up and and all of that stuff, um, you know, is 40 million pounds a sensible amount to spend on somebody like Emi Buendia? that's the, that's the big question. For me there are still a lot of risks in a transfer like this. Although although his record this season um is brilliant and we'll come on to talk about that in a minute. Let me just go over to the live chat and give a big shout out to one of our members Matt Tomo who says "Harry I'm at work right now but I but can I get a shout out for when I listen to this?" on Spotify later. I'm excited Buendia is talented, still young and would be a solid backup option to Jack Grealish. Yeah, in an ideal world, in an ideal world for sure. Um, Right. So let's go back to the Buendia talk because I I don't want people to take it as though I think that Emi Buendia is a crap player or that I'm completely dismissing his chances of coming into Arsenal Football Club and and doing well and succeeding. That's not what I'm intending to do here. All I'm saying is, at a time when Arsenal are going to be limited in their finances, at a time when Arsenal need to be smart in the transfer market, is it worth spending £40 million on a player who, as I say, has proven himself this season in the Championship but hasn't really proven himself to be at the same level in the Premier League. Now you know you could argue that you know he, you know he hasn't really had the chance. He was in a really poor Norwich side when they went down, and he's developed since then. And I take all of that into consideration. And for me, you know, I've I've not watched Emi Buendia a lot this season. Uh, I think I've maybe at best watched two or three Norwich games in full. So it's not easy for me to make a definitive judgment on this, but. I do feel a little bit uneasy about the idea of someone um, being signed for £40 million from the championship. I, I do feel, and call it snobbery, call it whatever you like, I do find it a little bit uneasy. That's how I feel about it. I've got to be honest, I can't hide that feeling. Equally, though, when you look at his record in the championship this season, it has been... Nothing short of sensational. We're talking about a player who's made 39 appearances in the second tier, He scored 15 goals and provided 17 assists. So that's 32 direct goal contributions in 39 appearances in the championship. Also, he's participated in 42% of Norwich's goals in total in the championship. That is incredible. And, and as I say, I'm not in any way intending to discredit Emi Buendia. I just worry about how that form and how his current level translates into the Premier League. That's where my, my slight concern is. If you were talking about £20 million for Emi Buendia, for me, it would be a no-brainer. And it goes back to what I was talking about a few days ago, where we were talking about lower risk signings that have the potential to bring huge reward. And somebody like Emi Buendia would fit into that category if only his asking price was a little bit more reasonable. But, you know, this is Norwich City and Norwich City are a club who are incredibly well run, uh, who are very stable and secure financially and so do not need to sell. They do not need to sell. And coming back in the premiership, they'll be desperate to keep hold of their best players. But what I would say is, you know, is, is think about this. Is he definitely 100% the right man? Because whoever Arsenal going and spend £40 million on this summer has to absolutely be the right man. Because there's not going to be that much of it to be throwing around. I don't know. I don't know. You know, a, a lot of you are, are torn in the chat. I can see some of you suggesting that obviously the the jump up from the championship to the Premier League might be too big. Others suggesting that actually Emi Buendia is, is well worth every penny of that. And honestly, I'm on the fence about it. I really am. Look, if he joins the Arsenal, I'll be over the moon um, because we'd have got a player in. I'm always excited when we bring a new signing in. I'll get behind him and I'll support him as best as possible. But at this moment in time, if you're asking me if I was the man in control of the purse strings, whether or not I would go and spend £40 million on Emi Buendia, I'd have reservations about it. Happy to be proven wrong. More than happy to be proven wrong. But I would have reservations about it purely because I'd have liked to have seen Emi Buendia not completely mirror the form he's shown in the championship, but at least show that he can go some way in, that, in achieving that level in the Premier League. And at this point in his career, I don't think he's done that. Uh, a couple of you asking about Emi Buendia's age in the chat. He is 24 years old. He'll be 25 in December, recently called up to the Argentina squad for the first time as well. When you look at where Buendia plays, you give us a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of versatility, because... He has, for the most part, played on the right wing for Norwich, but he is capable of playing in a central attacking midfield position, as well as from the left. And if you check out the Guna talk, uh, Tom Canton did a really good video earlier on where he highlighted some stats and stuff about Emi Buendia, and we saw um, lots of, uh, lots of, um, you know, heat maps and things like that to kind of justify the fact that he is capable and does anyway, pick up a number of those positions. Um, Inter says, who else would you get? Harry, Uh, Jack says, who would you actually sign, man? You've got reservations on every player, mate. Do you know what it is, Jack? It's not that I don't like these players. It's not that I don't think they would be, you know, good for us or that I can categorically say they won't. It's just like for me, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm just kind of, maybe I'm overplaying in my mind how bad our financial situation is. Maybe in my mind it's worse than it actually is. Maybe I should be a little bit more sort of open and, and maybe, you know, if I were in the position where it was me controlling the purse strings, maybe I should be a little bit more frivolous with it with the money, if you like. But I really do look at some of the players we're being linked with at the moment and feel like feel like we are just because of where we are as a football club and I I know where we are as a football club and I accept where we are as a football club I just feel like we are selling ourselves short a little bit by looking at a lower category of player and I think that when i say lower category of player i mean in regards to where they're coming from if you told me we're going to spend 60 million 65 million 70 million 75 million on jack grealish who i'm absolutely 100% certain about i promise you you won't hear me saying uh, that i've got reservations about that signing because that is a player that instantly improves arsenal football club what's the what's the gap between Buendia and Odegaard? um And how big is that gap? I would argue that Odegaard has obviously played, um, you know, at a higher level, having played for Real Madrid and has done overall quite well since he's come into Arsenal Football Club. Is he going to be available for a similar amount? And if he is, why would you not look at the one who's already been with the club, who's already shown us what he can do, who's already proven that he can hit a certain level when it comes to the Arsenal team and in, in the Premier League? Why would you take the risk on Buendia if indeed Odegaard is available at a similar price? Th- these are all the things that are going through my head. I'm I'm, I'm thinking out loud at the moment because I, I appreciate that, you know, I have come on here Uh, recently on a couple of occasions and gone well I'm not sure about him and I'm not sure about that and I'm not sure about this one but that is genuinely the way I feel at the moment and it's because we've been burnt so many times in recent seasons by signing players who just weren't up to it who just didn't cut the mustard and we've been paying for that for years and years and years Um, John P says Odegaard is going back to Madrid or this ain't a story Harry I don't know about that, John, because Real Madrid have been pretty insistent. Yes, that Odegaard was was going to come back. But Martin Odegaard, you know, is is someone that Real Madrid could cash in on and raise funds from. And we know how desperate they are uh, to, you know, to do that, to, to raise money. You know, there's reports that Zinedine Zidane may not be the manager at the club anymore. That might change things. You know, we know at Real Madrid that it's not always necessarily what the the manager wants. It could be Florentino Perez looking at the collapse of the Super League, looking at the current financial state of the club and saying, you might want him, you might see him as part of your plans next season, whether he's talking to Zizou or somebody else. But unfortunately, mate, we've got to make that sale because we need the money. And that's the thing with Spanish football. It's very different. The The structure is different. The president is more inclined to come in and say, I'm going to sell this player. I'm going to buy this player. You have to play this player and you don't, I don't want you to play this player. It's much that they're much more hands on in their day to day roles and their day to day running of the club. And they have a much bigger influence. So I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, Arjit says, if Odegaard was cheaper than Buendia, would you take him? I would. If it meant that we could strengthen in other areas, then yeah. I mean, I know Odegaard, in terms of his goal record, um, you know, isn't that effective. He played a wonderful pass yesterday uh, to pick out Gabriel Martinelli at the far post. It was brilliant. That's what Martin Odegaard brings to the table. In terms of a goal threat, Buendia has a bigger goal threat. But in the championship, remember that part. Because Buendia hasn't yet shown that he can mirror that in the Premier League. I'm not saying he won't go on to do that. But at this point, the current state of play is that Buendia has excelled in the championship. But is yet to prove it at a higher level. Um, where was it? There was a comment in there from, I think it was Matt. Um who said something like Odegaard has only played seven minutes for Real Madrid. Odegaard has one goal and one assist in 13 games. Yeah, but he's been in and around the big club. He's also been out on loan and been successful at La Liga level with Real Sociedad. So he's still played at a higher level, despite being out of favour at Real Madrid. Real Sociedad is still a higher level and La Liga club, sort of pushing towards the top end of the table, are obviously more, um, you know, are competing at a higher level, I would argue, than than Norwich City, who are the best of the Championship bunch. But that's the Championship, um, and that's where I am. Uh, big hello to Wilson in the chat as well. He says, uh, "Harry, hope you're staying safe and doing well. All good, mate. I Hope you're good too." Um, so yeah, that, that that's where I am on it. So the latest reports are saying that Edu is quite keen on Buendia. That Arsenal are gonna step up their interest in Buendia due to the uncertainty with regards to Martin Odegaard. But that does suggest, doesn't it, that Martin Odegaard is the first choice still. It does suggest that he is the man Mikel Arteta would prefer to secure ahead of next season, if you're reading between the lines. But who knows? So that's my take on Emi Buendia. I think he's been fantastic in the championship uh, this season. I'm not saying that he won't be a success in the Premier League, but the price tag worries me. And the idea of spending 40 million pounds on a championship player who's yet to prove it in the Premier League, um... It it, it it makes me feel uneasy and it might be because we've been burnt in the past rather than based on Buendia's actual ability. But that's the way I feel. Um, Arjit also goes on to say championship imports like Cash, Watkins, Harrison, etc., have done well in the Premier League. So hopefully Buendia can too. They have Arjit, but there's also been plenty of championship imports who have miserably failed in the Premier League as well. So I'm not saying I don't want Buendia, but I'm a little bit, on the fence about it right now just because as I keep saying the money that Norwich are demanding for the player and it's largely because of the fact that he has three years remaining on the contract just feels to me a little bit excessive but if we sign him I hope he proves me wrong I hope he does come in and I hope he does uh, hit the ground running and make uh, Arsenal a better side because ultimately that's what we all want that's all we care about um you know, that's but that that's my thoughts. I I can't pretend that I'm I'm a hundred percent sold on the idea of spending forty million pound on Emi Wendia. and I'd be sort of this be being disingenuous to you guys if I was to sit here and and hype up the transfer when deep down I'm I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure about it either way. I'm just simply not sure about it. Let's uh, let's move on. Uh, that's the Emi Wendia discussion. If you're um wanted to have your say chuck it in the comment section. If you're watching this back on the replay, I do read all the comments. And of course, uh, you can, uh, you can, uh, give us a like as well, which always bloody helps like subscribe. And if you want to become a member, check out the link in the description too. Before I move on, just a quick reminder that this show is sponsored by Manscaped enter our discount code 90 min 20 to get 20% off of your order as well as free shipping. Um, it is uh, it is a great discount. It will help you save a hell of a lot of money. Um, so yeah, do check it out, and uh, I'm sure you will um, you will be uh, pleased with your purchase if you do go on to make a purchase. But as I say, make sure you use that discount code because you stand to save a fair amount of money. And particularly with lockdown lifting, why not get yourself in full working order down there? Uh, let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about Dennis Burkamp's comments. With regards to Daniel Ek, now Dennis Bergkamp was inducted this week into the Premier League Hall of Fame and rightly so. What a player he was. Um, I've spoken to a few Arsenal fans lately who have told me that they they never got a chance to watch Dennis Bergkamp play for Arsenal. They don't remember Dennis Bergkamp playing for Arsenal. I'm old enough uh, to remember that and I'll tell you what, you missed out guys and I'm sorry for that because Dennis Bergkamp was absolutely fantastic. But he's been talking about uh, Daniel Ek. He's been talking about the proposed takeover or the failed takeover bid, however you want to look at it, uh, from Daniel Eck. And uh, Burkamp has been quite complimentary of the Swede and his intentions for the club. He says, Daniel does not see a takeover as the purchase of a fun toy to play with. Um, he was speaking after, as I say, he was inducted into that Hall of Fame. And he said, like Patrick Vieira and Thierry Henry, It's hard for me to recognise the Arsenal from our time. The ambition to win trophies is in Arsenal's DNA. Never accept a loss, but that mentality has slowly disappeared. I feel there's a sense of resignation within the current situation that is very serious. It's like it's normal, given the financial conditions that Arsenal are ending up somewhere in the middle of the league, behind the top clubs. That's not how it should be with this club. Arsenal's DNA needs to be repaired. Uh, he talked about Daniel Eck in particular a little bit later on. He said Daniel has been a true Arsenal fan all his life. He also was concerned about the downfall of the club. When the Super League was dominating the news on a daily basis, Daniel pretty much exploded. That was the moment he wanted to press ahead and got in touch with us. During a Zoom meeting with Thierry, Patrick and myself, he shared his concerns and his plans with us. That immediately made an impact and it became clear to me what a big fan Daniel is. I think that's important. Daniel does not see a takeover as the purchase of a fun toy to play with. He understands the passion of a football fan because he is one himself. He also wants to considerably increase the influence of the fans for example, by making them part of the club's board. We think that's very important. We want to get closer to the fans. Daniel realises that the problems that Arsenal have cannot be resolved just like that. Simply spending a bit of money and firing the coach doesn't cut it. If Arsenal want to compete towards the top of the league next season, they will need a top player in every department. The problem is... The club has been lacking appeal for a while now among players of that calibre. Therefore, structural changes will have to be made. This is the backbone of Arsenal. It will be a far-reaching and long-term project. You need to start at the top, and that is why a takeover is crucial. This way, Arsenal can continue with an owner who understands that a football club should not be run like a business. No matter how much money is involved in English football, Arsenal is and will always be a football club. Therefore, it needs to be managed accordingly at all levels. When you get that kind of endorsement from somebody like Dennis Bergkamp, who has such a a great relationship with the fans for all he'd done and all he achieved as an Arsenal player, you know, it's encouraging. It's encouraging to, to believe that, of course, at least, at the very least, Daniel Ek's heart is in the right place here. Daniel Ek, is uh, very much committed if he is indeed able to complete a takeover of the football club to restoring the club to its former glories. That is what we all want to hear. Um, and and fingers crossed he can keep chipping away at the Cronkies and eventually force them into the sale that we're all desperate to see uh, go through. But, you know, Daniel Eck knew it wasn't going to be easy. We knew it wasn't going to be easy. We knew that if it was going to change, it was going to take some time. Um, and uh, we're going to have to wait and see whether things can materialize in the future. Um, and, and we can see that takeover that we all so desperately crave. As Gunnar Deja Vu points out, what a statement from Burcamp, And it is a really powerful statement. And it was one of those statements where I'd read a few quotes from it earlier on today. But when I read it all in one go, there, not in bits and pieces, not in sort of broken up chunks. When I read it all in one go, there all the way through, man, it, it was powerful and it really resonated with me. So I'm I'm delighted, um, delighted that uh, Dennis Burcamp has come out and spoken about that. And it does, um, it does, uh, you know, really uh, make a difference and does continue to rally the fans in the fight to basically get KSE out of our football club. Talking about KSE, we'll move on to our final point, which is uh, about the fact that. The uh, we've seen confirmation, or the Bank of England have confirmed that that 120 million pound loan uh, that the Gunners took uh, to deal with the uh, loss of, of finances and their operating costs throughout the pandemic has been repaid to the Bank of England, but it's been repaid by another loan, basically. So Arsenal have borrowed the money again from a different source to pay that back to the Bank of England. Of course, that loan was due to be repaid. This month, So they had no real choice. It seems like a restructure of finance. Don't know any more information on it. Um, It's not uncommon for this to happen in business. So I wouldn't completely go mad about it or crazy about it. But KSE clearly not going to pay off that loan themselves. They've done it in a way where they've restructured the finance. Uh, You know, I'm not saying that's a a really damaging thing to the club or, or anything like that, because it's a common practice in business, particularly at that level. So you, you you accept it, but it's worth noting that KSE haven't gone to the Bank of England and said, here you go, let's settle our debt. Actually, what they've done is moved that debt on uh, just to another source. Uh, so, yeah, that's the update on that. Get your questions and thoughts in the live comments uh, before we wrap up. I'd love to hear. Uh, from you guys and pick out some of your best questions. So uh, drop them in the chat box now. Make sure you put the queue at the beginning. That way um, I can pick those questions out really quickly and really easily. Uh, it makes my life uh, much easier for sure. Uh, Don one says, "Manscape." I hope you've invested, Harry, you Greek boys. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about, mate. Very well groomed, very well groomed. Don't know what you're talking about. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh let's uh, let's say a big uh hello to Olivier, uh to Ashton, to Kim, uh to J04, to Wesbird, as always, to Yonick, to Zeus, to Neil D'Souza, to Joe. Um, for all joining us in the chat. Right, get your questions in. Let's pick out some of those questions. Uh Neil D'Souza says, Harry. Um, any pressure from Daniel Ek fans, anyone is welcome. If it means a better summer window or a change of the ownership, completely agree with you, mate. Uh, completely agree. Um, Olivier says if we had paid 40 million for Pepe, would you be happy today? That's what, that that was the other thing I was going to talk about. Nicholas Pepe. Sorry, it completely bloody slipped my mind. Um, I'll just briefly touch on it and we'll we'll save the, the wider conversation for another day because of the time I've been blabbing on about Poindia for ages. But in terms of Nicolas Pepe, um, I, I would be relatively content had we paid 40 million pounds for him. Yeah, I think with Nicolas Pepe, we've been guilty as a fan base of judging him based on that price tag, a price tag over which he had zero influence, a price tag which only increased the pressure on him to deliver right away and kind of robbed him of that grace period that you tend to get when you come in from a different country. Nicolas Pepe scored 14 goals this season, and I think last night's game against Crystal Palace was, was for me, you know, Nicolas Pepe summed up in 90 minutes. Can be incredibly frustrating, can even be anonymous in periods of the game, but can also spring into life at any given moment and give you a goal. 14 goals, as I say, on the board for Nicolas Pepe this season, which is pretty decent and a fair play to him. But yeah, look, if you judge Pepe as a 30, 40 million pound player, then I think you'll, you'll be a lot more content and pleased and happy with the signing. If you're looking at him as a 72 million pound player, well, you're kidding yourself because we all know that he's not worth 72 million pound. There are very few players in the modern world, uh, in the modern game that will be worth 72 million pounds. So, yeah. um I think I would be content in answer to your question, had we paid somewhere around the 35 to 40 million pound uh, mark. Wesbird says, if you can have one thing that happens in the summer at Arsenal, Harry, what would it be? It would be uh, the KSE to say we're selling. That would be the biggest thing. You know, yes, obviously I love to see the team do well on the pitch, but I think that we're, we're, we've got a ceiling under this current ownership. And I don't think we're going to go beyond that ceiling. Um, Unless things change at the top, unless things change in the background and unless we start moving as a football club in a different direction. So ownership needs to change for me. So that would be my one wish uh, for the uh, for the summer. Patrick Carlson says, will you travel to the conference league games? Depends where they are, mate. Um, sometimes, you know, games come up in the group stages of these European competitions and you, you say, yeah, I fancy that. I'll have a bit of that. I'll, I'll go over there. You know, so it seems like a decent trip somewhere I've not been before. So yeah, I won't rule it out. Uh, but I'm not going to be going to all of them. I, I promise you that. Um, what else have we got here? J forces, would you rather Grealish for 80 million or Bissuma Buendia and new right back for 80 million? Well, if you're out three players is, is you know, in comparison to one, it's massive. Depends who the right back is. I, I'd, I'd rather Grealish over Buendia. And Bissouma, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go with Grealish because I know what Grealish will bring to the side. So I'll pick Grealish there. Uh, but that's because I'm a sucker for attacking players. I, I love that flair and class that those players uh, bring to the table. A um, couple of you asking if I think Buendia is good enough um, for Arsenal. I've I've kind of gone over that in in a lot of detail earlier on in the show, so I'm not gonna not gonna repeat that for the benefit of those uh, who have been watching all the way through. But feel free to rewind and, and check out my thoughts on that. Uh, Junior Gunner says Arteta is running out of time to coach a coherent attacking system. We dominate possession but do the bare minimum based on chance creation. He's got preseason. And the first five to eight games for me. Thoughts? Um, It's, I think that you're right about the fact that we've not been a coherent attacking force. I think that you're right that we've lacked creativity throughout the course of the season. And I do think that is something that Mikel Arteta desperately needs to address and needs uh, needs to fix very, very quickly. Because as you can see, just based on the mood in the chat box over the last sort of uh, couple of months. He is on thin ice with some Arsenal fans, and rightly so, because the league position is not acceptable. There's no getting away from that. But, um, you know, it depends on on the first five, eight games. You know, I can't categorically say right now, without seeing the fixtures, without seeing what we're going to do in the transfer market, without seeing the performances say, well, he's got eight games, for example, to amass. X amount of points. Otherwise, he's got to go. I can't be that specific and I can't be that sort of strict in terms of applying a a criteria of which he needs to meet because there are so many things that can change and happen between now and the start of the next season. If the Cronkies go out and they back him and he brings in the players that he wants and players that we feel should be elevating Arsenal up to the next level, then of course the pressure increases on him from the very start. But if we have a dull summer and we don't do the business that we need and we don't bring in the players that that we as a fan base believe are going to take us up to the next level, how can we how can we then dig out Mikel Arteta for that? That, That's the thing here, right? That's the that's the thing. Uh, Zeus says, uh, can we expect Gabriel and Saliba to be the centre back partnership next season? I think Gabriel is certainly one of the first choice centre backs at Arsenal, even now. Uh, but with Saliba, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I've talked about it time and time again. I wonder if his relationship with Mikel Arteta um, is uh, is a little bit sour, given obviously what happened at the start of the season, the fact that he was left out of the the squad completely. I'd hope that they can put that behind them, and I hope that William Saliba does turn out to be, you know a really important part of this team moving forward because there are signs of promise there. And he is somebody that Arsenal made a significant investment on. But we're going to have to wait and see because as much as people want to overhype Saliba and the loan spell he's enjoyed at Nice, how many of you actually sit and watch League 1 and Nice in particular every single week? I can handle my heart, say that I don't. And so if I talk to someone who does, I would take their opinion on board more than my own. More than my own, that is based purely on a few highlights reels and what I've read in in various outlets. So that's, uh, that's my take on that. I wouldn't be surprised if they were the centre-back pairing next season, but I still think that Saliba has plenty to prove to Mikel Arteta when he comes back, despite, um, you know, despite sort of the, the positive signs we've seen uh, having watched him return to France. Right, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, i'm gonna leave it there we've done around about 35 minutes we'll be back tomorrow uh with some more content two bits of content later today if you're listening via the audio platforms uh let's just check in where we are in terms of likes at the moment and let's try and get the channel to 13 and a half thousand subscribers uh by the end of next week so if you are new uh please do subscribe it really really does uh help um and, and obviously, so does liking the videos as well as becoming a member. You help keep the channel alive and uh, give me the platform from which I can go on to make more content. And as I say, plenty of, of content coming at you throughout the summer and throughout the European Championships. And of course, we'll be making some changes. Uh, through the summer as well. That will only enhance the show uh, going into next season. So I look forward to revealing all of that with you uh, guys in the next few weeks. I can see there is 180 something, 100 and whatever uh, of you watching live on YouTube right now, but we've not even got 100 likes. We're currently on 67. So if you can get us up To that magic 100 mark between now and the outro playing, I would be absolutely delighted, really chuffed and grateful. So make sure you do that if you haven't done so already. And I'll catch you all very, very soon with more Arsenal content. Until then, take care. Ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast.